Welcome to the North Main Podcast, a production of North Main Street Church of God in Butler, Pennsylvania. This podcast brings you North Main's messages every week. We strive to know God intimately, grow in Christ continually, and go for Him daily. I invite you to listen in today as we explore the Bible and learn about its unchanging truths for living life God's way. Let's listen in to this week's message. It's my honor this morning to introduce our guest speaker, so I'm going to ask Christina Avalon to come on up front. Oops, you're right behind me. Okay, wonderful. Christina, we're so glad that you're here today with us. Um, so about six months ago, June or July, um, Joey Vegerano, how many of you know Joey? said to me, you have to meet this lady. You have to read this book. I'm a reader. I love to read. I love helping families. And this is a very important topic for families, for all of us, not just families, for all of us. If you are a person, <laughs> if you are breathing, this is a message for you. It's an encouraging message for you. And uh, Christina is local here. She lives um, not very far from us. So we're blessed to have her. And uh, she's going to be sharing some of the things that she's learned over her years of parenting two daughters who are now adults. And um, she's been teaching a parenting class, Parenting in a Digital World. And somebody said to her, you should put that material in a book. So that is the result of, that we have here. And I was blessed to get this book, read it right away, read it within a few days, and I'm um, going through it, reading it again. And as Jeremy said, we are going to have some groups starting to read through the book together. So I encourage you to pick up a copy of the book and uh, read through it, and uh, you will be blessed. Thank you, Christina. Thank you. I don't want to trip over my own setup here. Let me ask, did anybody feel uncomfortable as she was introducing me that I was on my phone? That was intentional. But I'll get back to that. As Melissa said, I'm Christina Avalone. I live in Gibsonia. We moved here in 2005. We used to live on the other side of the state in Philly, but I'm actually from New Jersey. Some people notice when I say the word water, I don't mean to say it different. It's just kind of how it comes out. And my area code is um, not this side of the state. And it's funny how people in Pittsburgh really want you to be from Pittsburgh. Uh, but I will tell you, it was nice growing up at the beach in New Jersey. I could bike to the beach, and it was really a fun way to grow up as a kid. But I am here to share with you how you can thrive in the digital world that you live in. Let me ask, though, let's start with this. Do you ever feel there's no power in the present when you feel there's no hope in the future? One of my favorite stories is from the book of Esther. But what did they tell Esther? She's here for such a time as this. We are here in 2022 for such a time as this. Now see, that helps me when I'm frustrated with what's going on in the world to remember God put us here now for such a time as this. But that means everything including what we see with the misuse and overuse of technology. I'm not a Luddite. My husband's word, I actually had to have him tell me what that word means. It's a person who's opposed to technology or technological advances. I'm not opposed to that, but I'm concerned with what is happening with our kids, 
ourselves, or really anybody holding one of these or a device of any kind. See, in the midst of our struggles, I'm wondering, I have to ask myself, what whispers am I listening to? Am I asking myself, who does God say I am? Not what does my online presence say I am. It's amazing what she just prayed, the verses of scripture, because that's part of my daily prayer. Father God, know me. Search me and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. If there's any offensive way in me, lead me in the way of everlasting. However, do I take time to pause, reflecting on my attitude and actions in the moment? Am I anxious because of what I've read online? Have I been offended because I don't like what other people have posted online? God is speaking to us, though, through the Holy Spirit. But have I clogged the line? Sometimes when an alarm or notification goes off on my phone, I've chosen to be intentional. And think of it as a Holy Spirit alarm. My aim is to pause, to reflect, and in the moment pray. See, I do believe our cell phones have a purpose today. But I have to ask, does it control your life, or do we have control over our phones? May we trust God to direct our online usage. Let's dive in, and let's pray first. Father God, instruct us and teach us in the way we should go. Counsel us with your loving eye upon us. Father, fill us with the knowledge of your will through all spiritual wisdom and understanding. And Father God, I ask that everyone here have ears to hear what you have spoken, not what I have spoken. Father, I pray, give me the words you want me to speak and shut my mouth when I've said enough. Pray all of this in Jesus' precious name. I wonder if I were to ask, does anyone know when cell phones, iPhones specifically, came out? 2008, close, 2007. So we didn't know what we didn't know. We had no idea. But living in a tech social media world is tough. What limits do you put on it? Is it safe? Do you ever ask yourself why can't kids and adults put their phones down? I'm here to tell you it's never too late. In my book, Thriving in a Digital World, you will gain valuable insight into how to balance technology with everyday living. You will be reminded that you have to take the reins back, that you have a God-given mandate to do so. I'm here to share a message of hope that we can thrive in the digital world we live in. But change needs to start with each one of you. See, we didn't know we had to have tools in place, boundaries set up, and you still do need to teach. Now it's called digital etiquette. Who remembers, I'm dating myself, I get it, facts of life? Show of hands, anybody? Oh, good, okay. So Lisa Welchel was Blair in the Facts of Life, and she wrote a book called Creative Correction. 
And when my kids were little, my kids now are 22 and 24, when they were little, we did something called the interrupt rule. And you may have learned it from there or somewhere else, that if they came up to me and they had the, anyone relate? Mom, 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 mom. Especially when you get on the phone, right? Mom, 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 I, I need to talk to you now. And so learn from the book, The Interrupt Rule, they'd put their hand on my hip. I acknowledge, unless their hair is on fire, you have to wait. I don't know if anybody knows how to wait anymore, myself included, because we've all learned we want it immediately, right? So they had to wait until there was a natural break in the conversation. They didn't always like to wait, because guess what happened? When there was a break and I asked them what they wanted, what do you think they had to say usually? I don't remember, I don't remember or nothing because they really just wanted to interrupt you, right? Why am I sharing that today is because what do we do today but the ding, 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 ding. Notification, 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 text. Eh. But if you and I have eye contact, it's rude. And people will say to me, you really think it's rude? How many thought it was rude while Melissa was introducing me that I was on my device? God gave me that visual because I'm a visual person. I need to show people. Because people will say to me, you really think that's rude? When you are on the receiving end, absolutely it's rude. But we haven't taught it. My brother's a stockbroker in New York prior to the pandemic. He's like, you've got to come to New York and tell people that. Everybody does it. And people say to me, it's what we do today. Doesn't mean it's right. However, we have to take the reins back. We have to make a change. What I learned to do when my kids would come home, my daughter would be there texting and talking. I just stood there. She got the point, right? She's now the funny story. She's now a seventh grade English teacher. Back at her, right? Because she had a student last year who during the pandemic, they were going to school two days a week, two days a week. Monday, Wednesday, Tuesday, Thursday, Friday resumed. So they were only in class two days a week. And one girl, she had to call out into the hallway and say, you're on your phone, you're not supposed to be. The girl said, what does it matter? Two other teachers came out into the hallway and said, it happens in my classroom as well. The girl said, I'm on my phone, I'll give the low end. 15 hours, but I think if I'm remembering correctly, it was close to 18 hours a day, but just in case, I want to go lower, between 15 and 18 hours a day. When does she sleep? How does she get her work done? We have to take the reins back. We have to start putting limits on this. Because you see, prior to the pandemic, what we saw with depression, anxiety, it was through the roof. Now it's off the charts. And I will tell you, people don't like now, at least my children, pardon me, maybe yours are better. My, my kids used to call me when they were in college and she'd ask me a question. I didn't necessarily give her the answer she wanted. She goes, I'm done with this conversation. And I said, Jessica, you're not gonna swipe me. 
Because what, isn't that what we do, right? We don't like something. We don't like Facebook. I'm a little bored. You swipe it. You're done with Twitter. You swipe it. Oh, you know what? I don't like that movie on Netflix. I'm going to go to the next one. How many don't start a series till it comes out so you can watch it all at once? Those that raise their hand for facts of life, you remember it used to have a cliffhanger. Who remembers Dallas cliffhanger, right? Like you wondered who shot JR. <laughs> I, I mean, that's where it is, right? You, you had that, but we want immediate gratification, but that's not life. Kids, the youth of today aren't enjoying their job because they think they should be making, you know, changing the world. That is not life. We have to start having boundaries. So you didn't know this, but you came to church and you're going to have a quiz. It's called, Are You Addicted to Your Phone? Now, just put it on your fingers, yes, no. You could use your device, but see, then you're going to get a notification, and then you're not going to be listening to me anymore, so I'm not going to recommend you do that. And it is in my book. It's in chapter two of my book. Like I said, it's called, Are You Addicted to Your Phone? And it's by Focus on the Family. It's not Christina's uh, quiz. Have you ever? And let me tell you, it's reflective of yourself. Don't hit the person next to you saying, that's you. No, you got to look internally, are you addicted? Because my book is not just for parents. I've had many people read my book. I've had one gentleman say, Christina, I had you put your book down because it really was convicting me. And another gentleman said, wow, it really helped me make some changes. So here we go. Have you ever been accused of being addicted to your cell phone? Yes, no. Just count on your fingers. Argued with someone about how much you use your cell phone? Left your phone face up on the dinner table or right beside you? Secretly tried to check your phone under the table at a client meeting in a conference room here at church. Wherever the meaning of this question is secretly, so you inherently know you shouldn't be checking it. I like to think of it as WWJD. What would Jesus do? If you know you shouldn't be doing it, you have that prick of the spirit. Why are you still doing it? I'm not answering these questions. I have to reflect this for myself. My husband loves to love my husband. He's here with me. He likes to remind me I wrote a book. <laughs> and he likes to gently say to me when we're in the car, Christina, you're on. I have a lot of stuff I got to get done, though. And I think a car is a good use of that, right? But he's right. He's right. I'm next to him. I'm not present, even though I'm physically, I'm not emotionally and mentally present with, with him at that time. All right, I, like I said, I didn't write this quiz. I'm saying I think we all got to buy on this one. Left your house without your phone and went back to get it. Can I get an amen? We've all done that. Any drivers in the house, you've done it, or maybe you just don't realize you've done it. Forgotten your phone at home and asked someone to bring it to you? Now, the next one, slept with your phone under your pillow or in bed with you. If you do that, I have to ask you, are you waking up tired? Remember, this isn't for Christina. My kids are 22 and 24. They're past this. This is something I'm trying to educate you on what we now know. 
Because if you sleep with your phone under your pillow, you're inherently not realizing you're not getting into the REM sleep you're supposed to get into. Why does that matter? You're then waking up tired. It's just what it is. Now, another thing to know is if you have children and you're sleeping with your phone in your bedroom, but you're not inherently, trust me, you're not gonna want your kids to have a phone in their bedroom, what are you emulating? Now, I did have someone say to me, Christina, my phone is my device that turns off my fan. Fancy, I guess. I don't have that. Turns off my lights. Okay. So he, I said, then use your phone for the tool that it's meant to be. But so many people, they're saying now with marriages, the last thing you do is say good night to your phone. And the first thing you say is good morning to your phone, not to your spouse. And you're then going down the rabbit trail instead of why you got married. Or even prior to getting married, having that be what you do. A lot of people say it's my alarm clock. Walmart, Target, Bed Bath & Beyond. Just read some of their stores are closing. Probably could get it at a good price. So, so go get an alarm clock. So let's keep going. Read a text or texted while having a real-life conversation. And that's when I stand when my kids have done that with me. Just stand there. They'll get your message. Let me tell you, better to keep your mouth shut and not yell at them because your silence is telling them everything they need to hear. Interrupted a conversation by laughing at a text. Okay, how about the next one, right? Texted while walking. Has anybody ever seen that picture when someone hits a telephone pole? Pretty funny, right? But the next one, texted while driving, we all don't want to hear that because that's where accidents happen. Check social media sites multiple times an hour. Gotten really mad when your phone didn't get service. Fallen asleep while texting. Let's pause there just briefly. How boring was that text? <laughs> Unless you're doing it in bed, right before you go to bed and you're bored and you're swiping, what they're now saying is what it's doing to your eyes, the blue light, you're not able to get into that REM. You don't want to be exhausted. They're recommending two hours before you go to bed to be off your devices. It's not Christina. This is now science. We didn't know in 2007. We do now. How about kept your cell phone charger with you at all times? Panicked when your battery ran out and you didn't have a charger. Downloaded so many apps or taken so many pictures on your phone that you no longer have storage space. And finally, gotten mad if asked to turn off your phone or put it away. If you said yes to four or more, you're on the way to addiction. Why does that matter? That matters because you have to realize that with the addiction comes a disconnect with people. What do they say with, when you get on a plane? Who knows? What's like one of the first things they say? Put oxygen before, if there's an accident, right? Put oxygen on yourself before you help anybody else. That's what they say. Why does that matter? Because you have to worry about what your addiction is 
before you point at everybody else. A lot of people want to say it's kids. Like I've said, adults are reading my book for themselves. And it's not just worry about this book isn't just for kids. It's for leaders. It's for grandparents. Because so many grandparents, when my book came out, we were in Florida, Santa Maria Island. Can we just briefly remember sunshine? Just briefly. Um, and we were staying in an Airbnb, and, and Tootsie, love her, she had scripture on the dock, and it was so pretty. And um, I told her about my book, and she said, Christina, I need your book. Why? She said, my grandson comes here from Michigan, and instead of going, Anna Maria Island is, uh, I forget how long, but two blocks wide, the bay on one side, the gulf on another, he could be fishing, he could be kayaking, he could be biking, he could be walking, he could be doing anything. And he's inside gaming. Teenager. Inside gaming. I mean, I could list, I could keep you guys here, and I know I'd have eyes glassed over, statistic after statistic after statistic, the hours kids spend on devices. But just briefly, I need a moment. How many would give your kids cocaine? Do you think it's a good idea for yourself? The studies are out there now. What cocaine does to your brain, the dopamine rush is the same thing with a phone. You didn't know it. Please hear my heart. I'm not here to talk about shame, and I'm so grateful that North Maine asked me to speak because they know what is happening to families. They know the damage being done to adults that are addicted, to kids, to each one of us that holds one of these. It's known now. We understand what is happening. See, we all need to be aware of the information, what is happening with technology and the addiction that can result. I heard a tragic story years ago of a mom who lost her husband, young widow, with a three-year-old. Her son would come with her to her doctor's appointment, so she would give him a device, an iPad, a phone, whatever she had at that time. A Couple years later, she went to check on him before she went to bed. And he was in a trance with his iPad in front of him with the Minecraft game on. She had to send him away to detox him. There are now detox centers for technological addiction. Why am I sharing that? Because we didn't know Minecraft games would cause problems. 
the addiction is real. Roadblocks, I could name, you know, go on and on and on about the different games and the addiction that is resulting. Give a gander, how many hours an average game is meant to last? Anyone have any idea? Indefinitely, it seems that way. Three hours? 48 hours. So the addiction, when your child says to you, I need to get to the next level, they're, 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 it's the next level. How about on Netflix? Does this happen to anybody? Because it's happened to me that you're watching a movie, or not a movie, a show, right? A series, and it says it will start in eight seconds. Well, you don't have time to get it off, and then it starts, and then you're like, do I watch it? Do I not watch it? I really don't have time, or I should go to bed, but it already started, so maybe I'll just watch this episode. Can I get an amen, right? Like, how many people? Has everybody not done that? That happens to me that, oh my gosh, I didn't want to start it, but it started. That's what's happening with gaming. The addiction is real. There are people that, there are businesses that are going in front of Congress years. This has been happening for years, saying the addiction. Those that have created the gaming. Do you know they send their kids to schools that don't allow technology in the classroom? It's not allowed because they know better. Studies are showing the gray and the white matter in brains is changing. It's thinning. They're seeing early onset dementia in teenagers. You don't have to remember a phone number. Mine growing up was 449-2656. But, you know, I just had to ask my husband the other day, what's Samantha's phone number? Our daughter? <laughs> Couldn't remember it, right? So we don't have to memorize, so we're thinning our brains. And kids, you don't want that to happen to your children, but you, haven't, you have a question for something, don't let it be the first thing you do is Google it. Think about it. Use your brain God gave you. Well, at this point, you may be asking, why did she write her book? It sounds like I'm a Debbie Downer, and I actually think I'm a really happy person. <laughs> um, but I'm here to educate. But I saw the landscape change. I love walking North Park. I live in Gibsonia area, so that's the, the other side. Well, I, not other side, but North Hills area. Um, and I saw the landscape change of parents pushing a stroller. Look at the butterfly. Look at the birds. How about the ducks? Just talking to your child. And then I noticed over the years, a child has a device. And then, the parent has the device and so does the child. And I knew the disconnect that was happening. You weren't building that relationship. Do you know kids are entering kindergarten? Kindergarten teacher told me this. I was flabbergasted. They don't know how to cut in color. They don't know how to tie a shoe. They don't know how to swing a swing or ride a bike. Why not? Why are parents not teaching these things? It's not, they're not gonna learn everything in school. Parents inherently need to teach these things or check to make sure your child knows these things. Remember, this isn't a condemnation, this is hope. What you now know you need to do. So my friend Kelly and I started a small group because we knew inherently things were changing. In 2018, we said, let's, let's lead a class parenting in a digital world. Let's see if we can help maybe a few people. 
And a friend came in and she said, when I tell my son to get off his gaming, he hits me. He hits me. And he was eight at the time. It wasn't like he was 15. A little eight-year-old was hitting her son because she said, get off the gaming. But I will tell you, Alicia, eight weeks later, left empowered, came in broken and left empowered. That's why they're doing the book, to help empower parents, not to beat you down, but to give you the resources you need. So we decided to have an event at our church in the spring of 2019, and we thought, nah, 50 or maybe 100 people will come. When 550 people walked through the door, we realized this was a problem. It's something that we all have to work on. See, my heart's desire is to help you, to train you and help you with your children so you don't have to deal with what we had to deal with. We had given our daughter a phone for her birthday and great parents, woo, right? You know, she was so happy. But we didn't have the tools in place, we didn't have the boundaries, and we didn't know to teach digital etiquette. So what happened? There were issues, we had to take the phone back. My one daughter, can I get an, you know, an amen of how many you've seen do this? I was in the bathroom the other day at church and a girl is doing this in the bathroom. Sorry, my phone just went on, I didn't do it. Uh, and she's doing this in the bathroom and I'm thinking, who really cares you're in the bathroom? I mean, seriously. But we had to learn that, you know what, everybody doesn't want to see everything you're doing. I don't care that you're gardening right now. I really don't care. Everybody thinks everybody wants to know your business. They don't. So my friend Kelly thought it was a good idea. She said, Christina, I think you should write a book. And I'm like, you write a book. It's not as easy as it seems. Well, then the pandemic hit. So I wrote a book. <laughs> Um, and that's where we are. So my heart's desire is to teach you what I wished I knew. Remember, I didn't know what I didn't know. There needs to be etiquette taught, tools in place, and boundaries followed that we now know are important. This is a message of hope, not condemnation. It's a call to action for parents, for leaders, for grandparents, because how many grandparents are helping today raise kids? They're babysitting, they're nannying, whatever the case, and they don't know, like Tootsie, that it's okay to say, you know what? No, put that down. The dinner table is sacred. Bedrooms are safe spaces. You don't want your kids' devices ever in the bedroom. And if you've already allowed it, you now come back and say, you know, we didn't know what we didn't know. We understand the damage or the problems that can ensue. So therefore, we're going to now take them back out of the bedrooms. We have to parent lead differently. My friend Liz took my class she was empowered. But you know what? You have to stay on top of this. Her daughter is now 12. Christmas Eve is at our house trying to persuade me to tell her mom it's okay for her to get a phone. You're in the wrong space, sister. You've got the wrong person you're up against because my bag has a ton of articles what is happening on devices. It is 
awful. I have two parents in my class this past semester. One dad said, I have one wish. One. One wish. I wish I never gave my daughter TikTok. She is into tarot cards. She is suicidal. She is not my happy little girl anymore, and she's 15. Another parent shared that her daughter was on spaces on TikTok because they were friendlier. Why are we on TikTok if there's so many negative things on TikTok? Is there good spaces? Yes, but if you know your kids are doing things they shouldn't, I mean, come on, TikTok challenge. How many kids missed school a couple weeks ago because we thought there was gonna be a shooting? My daughter's a teacher. She had to go into school that day praying that she was safe. They didn't let the kids go out in the hallway that day just to be safe because of the TikTok challenge. Why are we as parents allowing this? That's a question you have to ask yourself. Why are we not stopping it? Would you put your child on the edge of a bridge and push them off? So many of these devices, that's where they're learning how to do things that you don't want your kids to know to do. I understand if you've already given them these things. Like I said, what I would recommend is do my book with your child. Otherwise, they're going to hear, womp, 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 womp. There goes mom again. There goes dad again. You want them to understand what's happening to their brain. You want them to own this. So at this point, I thought it might be a good idea to read something from my book, just a few excerpts, to give you a taste. When our children are born, we dream big dreams for them, don't we? We dream they will be smart, funny, accomplished, kind, responsible, and hopefully grateful for all our sacrifices for them. These dreams need to be accompanied by a plan because once they are 18, you cannot start here with the goal of them wisely managing their use of technology. This plan must start while you still have control in the home. Of course, some parents have abdicated this control from the start, but guess what the good news is? It's not too late to start. As long as that child is under your influence, you can and should be using that influence for their protection and their good. But it all starts with you. Too many of us talk the talk, but don't follow through ourselves. We've given up with barely a whimper. We wouldn't consider letting our children grow to adults without having the talks of the birds and the bees, drugs and alcohol, peer pressure, and the like. Why? Why, why would we not have the conversations that establish boundaries for digital engagement, including consequences for violating those boundaries? Remember, we didn't know what we didn't know, but we do now. Changes need to be made. We need to grab the reins back to safeguard our children and ourselves. So those are just a few highlights from my book that I thought would give you a taste of what to look forward to. I think you've grabbed hold of, I love the Lord. I love his scripture, I love his word. I find the Lord to be so powerful in what I've learned in the word of God.
And I've learned words matter. I speak life of what I want to come to fruition. I want that to happen. So there's a little booklet I love. It's called Speak the Word. And you'll learn in my book, I'm a bullet girl. I want to get the point across. I don't want to give you a book, like a big paragraph. Just get her done. I'm a get her done kind of girl. So there's a story in here that I thought illustrates how impactful the Word of God and speaking life, speaking scripture over your life can be. And it goes like this. I've had a pretty long history of using speaking the word. For example, when I was in elementary school, I always hated field day because I was always the least athletic and lowest performing kid in my class. If I earned any ribbons, they were always the green nice try ribbons. So whenever spring rolled around, my dread of field day would increase. Then in the fourth or fifth grade, my mom and I decided to change my approach to field day from dread and loathing to speak in the word. We picked three verses from the Bible that talked about winning and doing well. And I began to say these verses for approximately two weeks prior to field day. Guess what? That year, I earned a few first and second place ribbons and no green ribbons. Since then, I've been convinced about the power of saying what the Bible says, more than I feel, more than I think, and more than I see. Amen. So the verses that I love to speak over my life every day, ones that I found to be so impactful, are Philippians 4, 6, and 7. Do not be anxious about anything, but with prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God, and the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard our hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. So in the midst of your circumstance, you can have peace as you rely and trust in God. Isaiah 26, 3. You, will, you Father God, you will keep me in perfect peace as I trust in you in my... I keep me in perfect peace as my mind stays on you because I trust in you. Jeremiah 29, 13. As I seek you, I will find you as I seek you with my whole heart. And I combine two here, Romans 8, 37 and 1 John 4, 4. I, I, you, are more than a conqueror for he who lives in us is greater than he who's in the world. Speak these words over your life. We're conquerors. Why are we living broken? Why aren't we living from the cross? We already have the victory running it. Philippians 4.13, I, you, can do all things. So say it over yourself. Christina, you can do all things through him who strengthens you. Don't you just feel a little bit in a rainy day, like a little bit dark? I've got it. Say that to yourself. Speak the words. Even when you don't feel it, speak it. Because trust me, as you speak it, you will start feeling it. Say it before you feel it. See, we all need to take the reins back on our homes with whatever circumstances, not just devices, whatever we're dealing with. Choose to pivot. Change your perspective. A friend of mine, Connie, works in a law firm, and she was telling me a story the other day that I thought, wow, 
She said that um, one of her coworkers was leaving midday. And she's like, where are you going? And he said, oh, we had a situation. Well, of course, she got a little interested, as did I. What happened? And he said, oh, um, our daughter accidentally left her iPad in my car, and I need to bring it to her. <laughs> That's how I felt, right? Now, when my kids were little, so they saw the iPad as the solution, not the problem. But it's a temporary solution to a permanent problem if that's how you're going to live, right? So, so when my kids were little, we paid a babysitter $5. And I'll never forget when Rachel asked for a little bit more money. <laughs> we realized we were really being cheap. So, you know, but if you get $5 for a babysitter, I'm sure you guys today, my kids babysit, they get between $10 and $15 an hour. An hour. Can you imagine having someone babysit your child and the babysitter is the iPad? Why are we allowing that? If I were that person, I would have said, let her scream it out. She'll figure it out. And now we know we need to break that habit, that addiction. The child was having a fit and they solved it by a device rather than helping the child and realizing they have to figure this out. A friend of mine took my class last semester, or it was last spring, so spring of 2021. And for Christmas, they didn't know, they gave their two five and seven-year-olds, each one of them, an iPad. Full rain. By the end of my class, eight weeks later, they took the reins back, and they got access to that iPad one hour a week. They didn't know, they learned, they made changes, they had to pivot. See, as I say in my book, to do nothing, however, is not an option if you want to recapture the heart of your family. Remember, I'm not a Luddite. I'm not against technology, technological advance, advancement, but I'm against the misuse and overuse. Balance, in my opinion, is key. So recently, I heard a story that illustrates my point. It's called My Wish. Sad, but very true. After dinner, a teacher started checking homework done by her students. Her husband is strolling around with a smartphone, playing his favorite game, Candy Crush Saga. When reading the last homework notes, the wife starts crying with silent tears. Her husband saw this and said, why are you crying, dear? What happened? She said, yesterday I gave homework to my first standard students to write something on the topic, my wish. Okay, but why are you crying? What brought tears to your eyes? Today, while checking the last notes, it made me cry. What's written in the notes that make you cry, he said. Listen, my wish is to become a smartphone. My parents love their smartphone very much. They care about their smartphone so much that sometimes they forget to care for me. When my father comes from the office tired, he has time for a smartphone, but not for me. When my parents are doing some important work and smartphone is ringing, within a single ring, they attend the phone, not me, even if I'm crying. They play games on their smartphones, but not with me. 
When they are talking to someone on their smartphone, they never listen to me, even if I'm telling them something important. So my wish is to become a smartphone. After listening to the note, my husband got emotional and asked his wife, who wrote this? Our son, she said. The first time I read that, I cried because I see the damage being done. I see the families as I walk in a restaurant with all the heads down. They're all looking at these. No conversation. And I know it's hard. My husband traveled 50% of the time. And on a Friday night, we would go out to dinner. Red Robin is usually where my kids wanted to go. And we would play I Spy, or I always had Play-Doh on the go, or you'd find something to do with your children. Because trust me, the time is going to go by, and you are not going to be able to grab it back. Gadgets are beneficial, but they're for our ease, not to cease the love amongst family and loved ones, because children see and feel everything. And I understand this is something you guys do at your church, the marbles. Or you used, did you say um, other balls? Yeah, both. This represents 216 marbles from birth to 18, one a month. It's a lot. It's heavy, actually. It's a lot of marbles. You think you have a lot of time with your children. Look at the difference. This is from seven, from 11 years old to 18, seven years left. You think you have a lot of time, but trust me, you know what's gonna happen? You're gonna blink and they're gone. My children, I love it. We're empty nesters, we have fun. We get to decide what we want to do. <laughs> we dictate, because my kids were just home for Christmas, and I stop my world a lot of times when they're home, because one lives in Harrisburg area, the other one in Florida. Do they still call me for things? They're actually both getting married, so they'll call for ideas on that and you know tips, but um, it, it is something that you are going to blink. When you're wishing for it to be over in those moments, think of my face. A friend of mine likes to do that. Elena always says, Christina, when my kids are driving me nuts, I think of you. Thank you. <laughs> right? But it, it's something that it's going to go the blink of an eye. It's a great Christian song called Blink. You have to understand you want to put the time in. Because if you don't do it when they're young... Then when you hit those teenage years, good luck. And then when they leave, they may never want to come home if you haven't put in the time, the energy, and the effort while they're still home. It's a gift. God gave them to us, right? What are we doing with that gift? So you're probably asking, what's a parent, a grandparent, a friend, any of us to do? Start making changes one step at a time. Wondered, I have a picture of a map. I think I sent it to you guys, yeah. So why am I bringing up a map? I mean, 
to show you all the states I've lived in or where I've been? No. So when I was in the fourth grade, I went to one school and I transferred to another school in fifth grade. In fourth grade, we didn't have geography. In fifth grade, the other school didn't have, they already did geography. So what did Christina miss? Learning the map of the United States. I really, I can give you a gander. I know where Texas is. Obviously, we probably all could say we know where California is. I lived in New Jersey. It's kind of hard to find it, but it's little. It's there. Pennsylvania, it's pretty big. But you get me to Idaho and Kansas and some of those states, I probably would get it wrong. I can't lie. So what have I done? I have a map on my wall in my laundry room where I pray every morning. This was from last year's calendar. It's laminated. And I thought just this year, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to put it in front of me. What don't you think will happen? Odds are I'm not going to just by osmosis learn the map of the United States. I would love that. Trust me, I would love it. It's not going to happen. I have to put the work in. Once again, this is not a message of condemnation. I've been there. I've lived it. We had to learn. It's a message of hope. We didn't know. We do now. Years ago, uh, 2009, a friend of mine asked me, Christina, do you want to run a leg of the marathon? Nope. You sure you don't want to run a leg of the marathon? Not a runner. Come on. You played soccer in high school. Hated it. Hated practicing running. I liked soccer, but I hated having to, to practice Anyone remember the song, Beat It, by Michael Jackson? So I would run this square, and I would be doing, beat it, beat it, you know, <laughs> walk man, right? So I'd be doing it to try to get myself through the run. I hated it. It was a sunny day at the pool, 2009. My husband was a runner. He's like, I'll run the leg. And I thought, really? If he's going to run, he's going to bug me to run. So, okay, I'll run. But you know what? Someone, someone gave me such wisdom. And he said, Christina, take one step at a time. Don't worry about the elephant. Don't worry about, right? You take the little chunks. So as I was going up the hill, because I didn't realize how hilly Pittsburgh was when I moved here, right? So, so and the, the leg I chose had the least amount of hills. <laughs> but then I had to evaluate, am I going to do seven miles or four miles? So I had to have some hills. Um, I had to worry about taking one step at a time. So in the beginning, I stunk. By the time we ran, I got a little better. But it was effort, right? We now know we have to take our heads out of the sand. If your child has Snapchat, you've got to be on it. I don't want to. Don't care. You have to have what they have. If you want your children safe, you have got to be involved. They say to you, because they're going to say, if they're asking for a device, everybody else has it. No, they don't. Because everybody that comes to my class says the same thing. And they're all in the boat together. Remember what my friend Anthony said? His one wish was not to have given his daughter TikTok. I don't know that I would have allowed Instagram for my girls because the whole comparison thing. Girls, greatest struggle? Comparison. Why are we allowing the damage being done? 
without having the conversations and not expressing why and coming alongside them. I could show you all the damage being done. You have to get involved with what is going on with your children and be aware of what's happening in the classroom. I was a substitute teacher, and trust me, kids are using phones in the classroom. And they would say to me, well, can I listen to music? No, but our teacher allows it, don't care. And they would push, 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 because I knew what would happen is they would listen to a song, and what would happen? They didn't like that song. So they'd take out their device to switch songs. Now what have they done? Now they've got their device out, and they see a notification. New article, just read it the other day. If you pull out your phone for something, and you see a notification, you're down the rabbit trail, they're saying, for 20 minutes, average. How many has ever taken out their phone to do something, you see the notification, and you're like, huh, Ooh, why did I get on my phone in the first place? Because of that notification, you forgot. I am here to share hope that we have to make changes. But if you're thinking, oh my gosh, what do I do? One, read the book, join the small group, and get educated. There's so many ways to get educated today. In the 1940s and 50s, my friend Kelly taught me that cigarettes were recommended if you were anxious. Did anybody know that? Doctors recommended cigarettes. Did you guys know that? I thought that was very interesting to learn. Maybe everybody knew it and I didn't know it. So, so doctors recommended cigarettes if you're anxious or stressed. But then what happened? They had the studies. The Surgeon General then said, no, 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 no. It can cause damage to your lungs. That is where we are today. Why there is no warning labels on phones that we now know have damages, I don't understand it. And when you think your child isn't on Instagram or Facebook or whatever because there's an age limit, they can put in a fake number. I hope everybody knows about the calculator app. The calculator app is an app where you can hide stuff. So it looks like a calculator but you can hide pictures or other apps you're on underneath it and you have to put a code to go to it. There is no good intent, none. Everyone needs the resources in my book and to information to learn to thrive in the digital world. So I call this as a call to action. What does it look like for you to muster courage in this moment? The first step is to commit to the Lord to change some things in your home. Shore up the boundaries, hold each other accountable, work together to protect the heart and soul of your family, and manage the monster of technology addiction. Treat this as a call from your Heavenly Father to do things differently from here on out, one day, one moment at a time. So let's pray. Father God, I thank you for this day. I cannot imagine doing life without you. 
Father, you knew we would be here for such a time as this. Show us how to take back our family so we can be present, enjoying every moment. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you. Thanks for joining us this week. Check back next week as we dig deeper and go further in our understanding of God's Word. Make sure to visit us on our website, www.northmaincog.org, where you can learn more about us. If you found value in today's message, we'd appreciate a rating on iTunes, or if you'd simply tell a friend about the show, that would be helpful too. Donating to the ongoing ministry of North Main is easy. Just go to our website and click on the Give tab at the top of the screen. Thanks for listening. We look forward to you joining us again next week.